Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I mean, for a long time, it didn't appear clear that they even knew who they wanted to impeach. You know, did they want to impeach Ali Mayorkas or maybe Merrick Garland or maybe Joe Biden or maybe somebody else? Uh, they seem to be an impeachment inquiry in search of a subject uh, and certainly in search of evidence. Well, if Representative Adam Schiff says so, it must be true. Oh, wait, that's right. Talk about somebody who cannot be trusted. And every time he finds himself on Jen Psaki's show on MSNBC, it should be a reminder that, of course, he's not trusted. You think the people listening to you on MSNBC are the people? That would be like going on with Hannity every day and really thinking you're talking to America. That's not a dig on Hannity. That is a recognition of the reality. If you came on my show every single day, you'd be talking to a good cross-section of people, but it wouldn't be speaking to the totality of the country. Now, would it? When you talk to Jen Psaki, you're only speaking to people who will quite literally follow anything you say and never once look at you and go, hmm. Now, sure, you could say that of Trump supporters, but we can all say That if you're somebody who has bought in to the idea that Trump has never done anything wrong, everything's perfect, everyone's against him, and it's all everybody else's fault, it's never a fault of his own, I think the rest of the country should go, hmm. You think Adam Schiff is a source? You're you're Jen Psaki and you think Adam Schiff has a story to tell? This is not even about... Adam Schiff, this is about how pathetic people like Saki are and people around Biden are. How pathetic uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre is and the rest of the team. And certainly Merrick Garland, who should be impeached, but most importantly, should be dismissed when he tries to throw Devin Archer in prison so he won't testify. My God, what kind of country are we running here anyway? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That's the number, 833-GOT-TONY. This is a nutty story. So Devin Archer is a former business partner of Hunter Biden. And Devin Archer is himself... A shady dude. Devin Archer, as we described the story from the very beginning last week, scheduled to testify in front of the House Oversight Committee. Which is interesting because I believe the House is on a level of recess, yet the committee is is still in, in session. He is supposed to testify to the fact that while maybe Joe Biden didn't know everything that Hunter was doing, Of course, Joe Biden was in on phone calls and in on conversations and knew that he was being introduced on the phone and in other places as a way of helping out his son. Now, this, for the vast majority of us, is the most rational thing ever said, because we all know that that's true, regardless of our political affiliation, regardless of of any other characteristic about us. 
We understand that Hunter Biden is a shady dude and an incapable dude. And we understand that Hunter Biden, you want to blame the drugs, you go right ahead. It's his own personality. He's not capable of doing anything on his own. He's incompetent. Clearly, he can get himself some ladies. Okay, they're usually hookers or uh, the, the widow of his brother. But still, he gets the lady folk. He's got more weirdo photos than I do. That's because I don't take pictures. Now he'd still have more weirdo f- pictures than I do because I don't take pictures. But that's, he is this, this, this mess of a dude. There's no doubt whether you go back to his work on Amtrak or you engage the Burisma conversation or the conversation with the Chinese energy uh, conglomerate. That's all because he's related to Joe Biden. Every single person understands this. If you ask why Will Smith's kid is an actor, it's not because he's good at this. I'm not even mad at the kid. You want to do Karate Kid? Knock yourself out. I'm not saying he was the worst. He wasn't young Anakin. I'm saying he's just not good. Chelsea Clinton is only a quote-unquote celebrity because Hillary demands it. And NBC tried to hire her. Was it NBC or ABC to do interviews? And she couldn't do the interviews. And she can't write a book unless it's with her mother. And by the way, everything I've ever heard about Chelsea, totally lovely person. Okay, she could be a totally lovely person. Will Smith's kid might be a totally lovely guy. I'm saying don't have the talent to do it on their own. Neither does Hunter. And that could weigh on the guy. I'll, I'll get into that. But no one doubts. I don't care where you go. I don't care if you're in the heart of Indianapolis or, 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 or Bloomington, Indiana. I don't care if you're in Tulsa, Oklahoma or Atlanta, Texas. I don't care if you're in St. Louis. Just hanging out. Getting uh, some Pappy's barbecue, which is fine. So it's been a great number of years since I've been there. Fine stuff. Um, I, I ask you, is there anybody who thinks that Hunter Biden got any of these gigs on his own? Or does everybody think that Joe Biden somewhere made a phone call or was on a phone call? The correct answer and the only answer is that Joe Biden made a phone call or was on a phone call. I don't need proof, right? I don't need you have to show it to me. Everybody knows this. In the court of public opinion, of which I am referring to right now, this is complete. It's over. Hunter Biden's a screw-up. Daddy needed to get him everything. That's the way it worked. Devin Archer, who was Hunter's business partner, who may have actually been friends with Hunter, maybe wanted to keep an eye out for Hunter. Maybe he was just a user and be like... His dad, a senator, dad's vice president. Oh, man, it's going to mean some sweet cash. Yeah, sure, I'll partner with the dude. Oh, and he's good to party with. He's always got a little, uh, ah, I'm sorry, too soon? Too soon. I, I didn't know. I didn't know who it's okay to remember or notice that part of the reason that people hung out with him is because he always had some blow. 
I am not saying he isn't a user and a drug addict who needs help because he's a user and a drug addict who needs help. I'm discussing why people hung out with him. And they hung out with him because he had access to some pretty good nose candy. Facts. That's why. Why else would anybody hang out with this guy? His sterling reputation and super unique personality? Stop it. You people sound crazy. Devin Archer may have actually liked the guy for all I know. But Devin Archer is set to testify. Set to testify in front of the House Oversight Committee that of course Joe Biden was on phone calls. Of course Joe Biden uh, went went to meetings. Did he know everything everywhere? Probably not, but he did he know what he was doing on, on in the basics? Yes. Which is exactly, exactly what Americans believe. Now, Archer, Devin Archer is going to go uh, to, to, to jail, I believe. Devin Archer is not a guy who is the best dude. But what do you expect? Hunter Biden doesn't hang around with the best dudes. Devin Archer... is going to spend time in prison. This goes back to 2018. He got convicted of two felonies for his role in a conspiracy to defraud a Native American tribe. His sentence has been repeatedly postponed because of a bunch of appeals. Well, he's supposed to go to prison sometime soon. This is where it gets fascinating. Yesterday, the Department of Justice says, hey, Devin Archer, Monday morning, you, uh, you have to appear. Uh, you, you're, uh, we're sending you to prison today. The Department of Justice, led by the partisan Merrick Garland, tried to throw Devin Archer in jail, in prison, before he could testify in front of the House Oversight Committee about what it is he saw regarding Hunter Biden. Now, you could say to me, well, wait a second, Tony. If this guy is defrauding Native American tribes, which, oh my God, am I going to trust this dude? Well, let's make a different argument. Let's say that you don't. Let's say that you don't. That's fine. But you have no idea what he said. You have no idea if there's any corroborating evidence that the House Oversight Committee has. And you would also say, look, I don't know if this dude is telling the truth or not telling the truth, but I go back to the court of public opinion. Does anybody question whether or not Joe Biden interceded to help his uh, degenerate son? There's not a question. Fathers intercede to help with their non-degenerate children. What are we talking about? Why are we pretending Devin Archer was going to testify to this fact. And it's possible that dude's going to go to jail, but he's like, yeah, this is what I saw. Yeah, here we're here. Here was a phone call that happened on March 6th and blah, 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 blah. Here's a phone call that happened on September 8th, and here's what happened on blah, blah, blah. Lord only knows what the, justice, what the uh, House Oversight Committee already has and could match that up with. No, the story here is that the Attorney General of the United States, the partisan... Progressive Merrick Garland 
use the Department of Justice to either A, stop a witness from testifying in front of another branch of government, or B, use the power of his office to try and tip the scales in the court of public opinion to remind everybody that this guy's just a criminal. Now, we did the reporting on this last week when we first started talking about Devin Archer. And said then, and said then, that this guy was going to jail. We said it very clearly today. I have hidden nothing from view. Zero. God, Merrick Garland is a lowlife. Merrick Garland is a lowlife. You think Hunter Biden's a lowlife? Merrick Garland is a lowlife and a partisan and was never a decent guy. And thank goodness, thank goodness, thank the stars above that Mitch McConnell, for all his issues, thank goodness Mitch McConnell kept this guy off the Supreme Court. Thank the Lord. Because you let this guy on the Supreme Court, you, it will be worse than Katanji Brown-Jackson, who twice now in a decision has shown a total disregard for facts, logic, and reason, and certainly the law. Oh, man, is her rationale embarrassing. We'll, we'll get to that in the future. As for Devin Archer today, um, it, uh, it, he is, as, as I know it, is going to testify. As I know it, he will be showing up. He has entered the White House. Oh, I'm sorry, not the White House. He entered the House hearing. He's going to testify. The test, uh, the testimony is closed door. Otherwise, I'd, I'd have it. Don't worry. I'd, I'd be showing it to you, sharing you the whole thing. What's he going to say? I don't know. Is it really going to move the needle? I don't know. What I do know is that it doesn't matter how much Adam Schiff moans, complain, complains, kvetches. What, 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 what does it matter? The impeachment inquiry is here. As we were talking about it with Cornell Law Professor William Jacobson a few weeks ago, I was sharing this conversation on Fox News a few weeks ago. Everybody's there now. We were ahead of the curve because we talked to smarter people. We talk to people who are thinking about the entirety of the thing as opposed to screaming about some nonsense part of the thing. The impeachment inquiry is not impeachment. The impeachment inquiry is the proof of the need for investigation because how could anybody trust the Attorney General Merrick Garland to do it? And I know that, was it it Karl Rove or was it uh, Chris Christie? I think it was Christie who was saying things like, my gosh, Merrick Garland has to appoint a special counsel immediately. What the hell is a special counsel going to get you? You would trust one? You would trust a special counsel? That's a ridiculous thought. The only people you can trust right now, to the extent that you trust anybody, are the Republicans in the House who will at the very least say this is what we found and lay it out for you. 
And then you can make the decision on what comes next. I'm Tony Katz. So Twitter, which is now X, never mind they're having a problem in San Francisco because they put up a giant X. It's like their logo now. And uh, San Francisco is like, oh, it's so ugly. All the light coming off the logo shows us all the human feces on the ground and all the murders and all the theft and the inability to keep the city clean. Oh, turn it off, Elon. It's awful. I see see the problem. Tony Katz. Good to be with you. Tony Katz today. Twitter, which is, I I honestly am having problems calling it X. They now have an ad revenue sharing uh, capability. So to qualify for the program, you got to be either blue or a verified organization. You have to have a minimum of 500 followers. So that's two for me. And achieve 15 million impressions on their collective posts during the preceding three months. I don't know about that. I don't know if I get that. But I guess the question is, how many more places will you subscribe? How many more places will you subscribe to? How much more can you put... You got Hulu and, and Disney. You got Netflix. Uh, maybe you're doing a little Peacock. I don't know. Where, where do you find Yellowstone? Wherever that is. Is that Paramount? You're there. How many more places? How many more things could you possibly subscribe to? At what moment does the, the, the content creator say, whoa, up? Whoa, up. This is not. This, this is not working. Like, like, I can't get, there's too much stuff out there. Too many people paying their X number of dollars a month. There, there's not enough people to get for the dollars a month. Or is it just the other way? They offer the, me the opportunity. I might as well put my content out there and have somebody pay for it. But what would you be paying for? I can't imagine, I'm talking about me in a very personal way. Someone's going to pay money to read my tweets. I uh, AJ AJ is running the show today. AJ, I can't see it. I can't see someone paying to read my tweets. I think I came across uh, one of my favorite content creators, and his stuff is no longer on YouTube. And so I had to go to his website. But to his website, I had to pay to go see his other cool stuff that he does. Ross Creations. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I so wait. But did he move it to Twitter? No. So he moved it somewhere else, but you were willing to pay for that. I was about to, but I was like, you know what? When I see it, when I see it, I'll see it. So I'm not really intrigued into it at all. Thus, you know, what What do you create to make something worthy of someone's dollar? Because it, it's got to have it's got to have worth. I mean, you could do the OnlyFans model, you know, but but maybe you need something else. I've got great nail beds. I'm just saying I've got great nail beds. That's, Hand models. That's a, that's a weird thing to say out loud. I have great I've nail com- beds. I've I've been complimented that. On your, you mean like your fingernails? Yeah, my, yeah, my fingernails. You have great nail beds. Yes. Anyone that's, trying to do a design? Anyone? Is that a pickup line? Because I'm seriously <laughs> thinking about using that. Hey, love your nail beds, boo. Need to test I'm the color. Throw boo in there. Don't worry, you can test on me. Check out these nail beds. Nope. Whole thing just went to hell in a handbasket.
Son of a. This is Tony Katz today. It's one thing to discuss it being hot out. Because it's been hot out. That, that is not a, a crazy thing to notice. It makes perfect sense to say, my gosh, it's hot out. It's, it's simple to do. You know, it, it's like the whole thing from uh, Family Guy. Warm today. Warm yesterday. Even warmer today. Makes perfect sense. What doesn't make perfect sense is to say the world is on fire and we're all going to die. What doesn't make sense is the Secretary General of the United Nations saying this. And for scientists, it is unequivocal. Humans are to blame. All this is entirely consistent with predictions and repeated warnings. The only surprise is the speed of the change. Climate change is here, it is terrifying, and it is just the beginning. The era of global warming has ended. The era, the era of global boiling has arrived. It's terrifying. It's frightening. It's man-made. The era of global warming has ended, and the era of global boiling has begun. Well, good night, kids. Sleep well. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. And that right there, that is James Taylor. He's the president of the Heartland Institute, heartland.org. And they address these issues, engage climate from a practical perspective, not the political uh, perspective. And over the course of the last week, James, it has been this surreal fear-mongering, and, and, and there are two ways this gets described. And the first one came from CNN, this now famous tweet. This month is the planet's hottest in around 120,000 years, and it's this image of basically this, this cloudy kind of gray sky. It looks like forest fires, and, and then you've got these three women all disheveled, like, my gosh, what's happening? And they're all wearing sweaters, James. Because it's so hot, you have to wear a a sweater. Clearly, the weather is being dictated by Jewish grandmothers saying, I'm hot, put on a sweater. That's the way this one went. And for those of you who want to send me an email, please send a care of my rabbi. Um, There's a lot of fear-mongering, James. Your take on, on that tweet from CNN and what your organization has been seeing as we had a hot week last week. Well, CNN's uh, tweet is propaganda on steroids. All they have to do is go to the very first United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change report. Because the United Nations documents, the UN itself documents, that 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, during the vast majority of the time period that human civilization has existed, Temperatures have been significantly warmer than today. In fact, for most of the Earth's existence, temperatures have been much, much warmer than today. So what happens in, in this crazy world of climate alarmism? Somebody somewhere, some obscure person claiming to be a scientist makes a stupid claim like these are the hottest temperatures of the past 120,000 years. And then all of a sudden, everyone repeats it like as if it's fact. It's like they're watching Al Gore. Everything Al Gore says must be true. But uh, the fact of the matter is science itself, the United Nations itself, has proven repeatedly, convincingly, irrefutably that that tweet is simply false. So the the idea that it's false versus the idea of why they put it out somewhere CNN 
felt that they had a basis for putting this out. They had a a rationale, something that they could point to. Do you know what that was? As best as I can tell, because this has been like a a ball of string rolling downhill and unwinding. Um, But basically what's happened is somebody somewhere makes some statement, makes some claim without backing it up. And he may he or she may have a science degree, but they don't back it up. But somebody hears it somewhere, and now it becomes repeated everywhere. They get their talking points from the climate establishment. Okay, oh, look, here it is. We have to keep repeating this. But the facts are the facts. Go to the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change's own report. Go to the numerous peer-reviewed studies that have documented. It has been the long-term consensus documented in peer-reviewed literature, documented in all sorts of temperature reconstructions, that today's temperatures are unusually cool, not warm. And building upon CNN's tweet where they make it seem like everyone's dying from heat, a peer-reviewed study in the medical journal Lancet, it's the most prestigious peer-reviewed medical science journal in the world, documents that 19 times more people die from cold temperatures than from heat. As temperatures warm, yeah. it's saving millions of lives every year. There's there that is uh, an interesting bit of data. Talking to James Taylor, president of the Heartland Institute, Heartland.org. It's a very interesting piece of data that talks about the cold versus the heat. That even as we watch this alarmism take place, it still doesn't address scientific fact about what does more damage to a a society uh the cold doing more damage as you're pointing out uh than the heat but i think one of the the question that i had asked is if 120,000 years ago temperatures were this hot i want to know how they got there how many cadillacs were idling just randomly on street corners in order to create this global warming you heard uh the un secretary general antonio guterres discuss the fact that this is man made is man responsible for growing temperatures for, or, or I should say, are there growing temperatures for temperature fluctuations or climate issues being two different things in the U.S. and around the globe? Yeah, that's a great question. If humans are causing all of this warming and it's uh, unprecedented, well, unprecedented in the last 120,000 years, if temperatures were warmer 120,000 years ago, where were the SUVs? Where were the coal-fired power plants? Here is the way that our uh, temperature history has worked. For the past three million years, we've been in an ice age. It is a very unusually cold period. During that ice pa- uh, during this ice age, we have about 100,000 years of cold temperatures interrupted with about 10,000 years of warm temperatures. And that cycle goes over and over and over. We are in one of the rare warm cycles. We've been in this warm cycle for about 10,000 years. It's probably going to end soon. What we know is that during this warm cycle, during this past 10,000 years, temperatures have been warmer than today for most of this cycle. And we can go back 120,000 years ago to the last warm cycle, and temperatures were warmer in that warm cycle than they are today. Temperatures were warmer in the warm cycle two times ago than they are today. Temperatures were warmer three warm cycles ago than they are today. The Earth does not have a fever. The Earth has pneumonia. That's that's a line. Talking to James Taylor, president of the Heartland Institute, heartland.org. Uh, Let me give you something else that was, was shown a lot. And social media really moved with this, and the people at Snopes tried to uh, smack it down. It, it shows a weather map in Europe of, of um, a country where uh, 
they showed temperatures, and they're, they're showing them in Celsius, of course. Uh, so it looks like the temperature's in the 30s, but they're not in the 30s. And it, the, the map is green, right? Like the topography. And then underneath it, it shows the same map, uh, and, and the map is in red. And people are discussing how this has been happening, where you see these map. Oh, look at the he- the red, and the deep red, and the it's almost it's almost purple. It's so red. And and again with the scare tactics, uh, is this is this because if if it bleeds, it leads? Is this just a product of of our new age uh, news cycle, or is there some kind of yeah? Let's desperately scare people because this heat is good for the narrative. Yeah, sensationalism sells. It sells not only for media views, but also for your political agenda. When Antonio Guterres, General Secretary of the United Nations, says that the temperatures are boiling, no, the Earth's average temperature is 59 degrees Fahrenheit. Last time I checked, that's 161, 163 degrees cooler than the boiling point. And it's also a fact that most of the world's population lives in tropical or subtropical climates. Warmer temperatures are what are conducive to human health and welfare. There's a reason why here in the United States, which, by the way, most of the U.S., it's closer to the equator than the North Pole. But even here, most of the population dreams about retiring in Florida, California, Arizona, Texas, warm climates. There's a reason why most of our population is is uh, uh, migrating from colder or excuse me. Yeah, from colder climates to warmer climates. Propaganda is one thing, but scientific facts are another. Talking to James Taylor, he's the president of the Heartland Institute, heartland.org. This was President Biden last week at, at a uh, press conference. First, he, he, he's taking action to deal with the extreme heat. I'm announcing additional steps to help states and cities deal with the consequences of extreme heat. First, I've asked Acting Labor Secretary Julie Sue to issue a heat hazard alert. It clarifies that workers have a federal heat-related have federal heat-related protections. We should be protecting workers from hazardous conditions, and we will. And those states where they do not, I'm going to be calling them out where they refuse to protect these. Now he's referring to Texas and the lie that the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, got rid of water breaks, which of course wasn't the the case, but rather he eliminated red tape because now they're saying that the employer can give a water break and the employee can take a water break. We are not involved in this conversation. He They didn't end water breaks in the state uh, of Texas. Uh, but what was your take there on, on President Biden uh, engaging this rhetoric uh, about extreme heat? Is the heat of last week extreme? No, it's not. You can go to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. This is the federal government's own webpage. They have data for the state of Texas. What it shows is that days of extreme heat, the frequency of extreme heat days in Texas is declining. We're seeing fewer of these extreme heat days than we used to. Now, global warming is not going to make all extreme heat days go away. Uh, So so you're still going to get some. But if you want to say that climate change, global warming is causing all this excess of heat, look at the numbers. 80 years ago, 100 years ago, 
Days in which temperatures exceeded 100 degrees in Texas, according to the federal government's own data, were much more frequent than is the case now. And that's not just in Texas. For most of the states in the country and for the country as a whole, you do not see an increase in extreme heat. Indeed, you see a decrease. To the extent that the Earth's temperature is warming moderately, that warming is occurring almost entirely during winter at northern latitudes and at night. It's making the coldest of coldest temperatures more mild. That's pretty much the warming we're getting. And that's a good thing. Uh, and, and before, just to put a cap on this, something else Joe Biden said during that that presser at the at the fake White House they have at the OEOB, it's very weird. It's, it's super weird. Listen to this. Most people don't realize that Texas is one of the states that has the most significant, its energy is most significantly supplied by wind and solar in Texas, in Texas. And I know there's some in your state want to change, turn that around, but it's working and it's moving in a big way and it's cheaper. It's cheaper. And it's solar and wind are cheaper. And if so, can I ask you, James, cheaper than what? Okay. First of all, though, when it says that it's working, there's a reason why we had these blackouts during the extreme cold in temperature a couple of years ago. There's a reason why we get rolling blackouts during the summer in Texas. It's because Texas relies on wind and solar power, which don't work. You cannot flip a switch and turn them on. You have to hope conditions are just right. But as far as the cost of it, no, we, we know for a fact that wind power, solar power is substantially more expensive than coal, than natural gas, than nuclear power. There is a reason why states have to pass laws forcing people to buy wind and solar power, because without those laws forcing people to do it, people won't buy that. There's a reason why the federal government subsidizes wind and solar power so much, because even with the subsidies, although they're more expensive, without the subsidies, people would rebel. If you truly believe, Joe Biden, that wind and solar power are less expensive than conventional energy, then eliminate the mandates and eliminate the subsidies. And then wind and solar will still win in the marketplace, if you really believe that. Well, I think we I think we know the answer to that, James. <laughs> I think we do. James Taylor, a Heartland Institute, heartland.org. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. More to get to. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Off the coast of Italy, they found a ship, a Roman ship, that sunk over 2,000 years ago. And there's stuff from the ship that's perfectly intact, like jugs of wine. Of course. Of course the wine would survive. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Uh, This ship is from like the 1st or 2nd century B.C., So this is 2,000 years old, uh, carrying the jars. They're known as amphorae. Uh, They were still intact. Lord only knows what else they have found at at the bottom here. Not too far off the coast of Italy, I I believe it is. is. The amount of work that is done by nations to go about finding these wrecked the, these these shipwrecks, I guess you call them a ship. Would you call it a shipwreck, or is that when it like is still like on shore? Well, the sunken ships, because Lord only knows what treasures there. The amount of gold it was carrying, or 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 other uh, works, is is impossible to find them. And then of course there's the 
there's the conversation of, of, of heritage and history. There's the conversation of what this might mean uh, to the, the, the nation. Now, on this one, they were tipped off to the possibility that it exists following an investigation into stolen artifacts. Uh, I, I, I get nutty when it comes to art. So I watch ISIS destroy art and antiquities, and I'm like, this is why you have to bomb these people. I would say bomb them back to the Stone Age. They're already there. You have to bomb them out of existence. These people just simply can't stay. Then you take a look at the people who they're, they're going to stop oil, so they're throwing soup onto, the, on, onto priceless artworks in, in museums around the globe, and then they glue themselves to the wall. You, you know me. I've said this. If you glue yourself to the wall, we leave you there. We don't, we don't give you a bathroom. You know, we don't get, let you go so you can go to the bathroom. We don't bring you food. You're going to starve and die there in your own filth. And we're going to build an enclosure around you so people can watch it happen because that's interesting art. It's not life imitating art. It is life as art. You wanted this. We now watch and we go, oh, that's sad. Hey, kids, don't do that. And then we go about living our lives with oil, which allows us to live our lives. These people who destroy art are the most worthless of people. Well, you can throw theft into that category. You're stealing artwork. You're, ste- you're, you're, you're stealing priceless works. You're stealing somebody else's treasures. Man, to hell with you. So for the Italians, I'm, I'm glad uh, they found this. I think it's amazing when that happens and, and people are able to, they're able to find the, the, these ships, these old things, these these stories these stories that i think are, are are worth telling i absolutely love it and i only hope there's there's more of it that comes and the people who steal i hope they go to jail forever or they glue themselves to a wall in a museum i'm tony katz and this is tony katz today